Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, welcome to the clinic here at the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Um, to all of our listeners, I always want to say thank you for joining us and for um, being patrons of our show. It's always appreciative when you guys enjoy the shows and let us know what kind of content you want to hear, if you're enjoying what we're talking about, and really ultimately getting us to be better Catholics. Um, let's start the show today with a Hail Mary. We'll say in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All right. Well, today's show is going to be an interesting show because I think our listeners will really resonate with stories and situations and families where sometimes we wonder, is this spiritual what's happening in my family? Why is there chaos in my family? What's going on uh, with my family? I get so many of my listeners uh, and so many people asking me, Dr. Sandoval, how do I know the difference? How do I know the difference if there's mental health issues or if there's spiritual issues? Because sometimes I can't tell whether it be for myself, for a family member, for our household. And today we have a special guest, Janet. Janet, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, Janet. Well, good morning to you. Thank you for joining us again today. Now, Janet, you've been on our show before, and when you were on our show before, you shared about your brother, and we talked a little bit about your brother because I I helped treat him, Um, but we talked a little bit about him because he's an interesting case. He's a case where we know that there are physical issues that happen, whether, you know, in terms of potential brain damage or hitting the head multiple times, and then from that, we saw uh, mental health issues come about where all of a sudden, you know, we wonder what the mental health diagnosis is. We're not thinking clearly. We're not seeing things the way that they might be. And so we wonder, is there a psychosis or is there a schizophrenia? And then that led us down the road even further um, as he engaged and, and got into the church with uh, the deliverance team because part of the mental health issues was that he was starting to see things that might have been, that he felt were spiritual afflictions, um, more in the dark realm, in the demonic realm, um, where he felt he's being attacked by demons and different things like that going on. And we talked about his case as not being unique uh, in terms of, I let my, I want to let my listeners know that, uh, not because he's not special or he's not an important person, but what I mean by not unique is that I will always let my listeners know you're not alone in what you're going through. Other families are going through the same thing. Other people are experiencing similar circumstances circumstances or symptoms in in a variation of ways, maybe not specifically. But Jenna, as we talked last time, um, we also came upon the uh, the situation that you mentioned that in your family, there seemed to be a lot of spiritual afflictions going on anyway, not just for your brother, but for your family as a whole. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yes. Um, well, as a child, um, when we moved into this house, um, my parents were always very humble, very loving. My dad's a very hard worker, construction all his life. And when we moved into this house, I was about five years old. Um, you know, you're you're young, so you don't know what's going on. My mom, we we went to, we've always been to um, catechism. We did, we were all baptized. We all did our communion and. 
our confirmation. And as as when we were little, um, that house had a lot of negative um, feedback. Um, ever since we moved to that house, if it wasn't one thing, it was another thing happening to the whole family, or one of one of my brothers, or me, or my parents. So, so let's back and, up a little bit. So, how old were you when you moved into this house? I was five. I was going to be six. You were five years old, so you're probably it's about kindergarten age, more or less. Five years old, going to be six. And was yeah. there, was why did you guys move into this house? Was there a particular reason? Were you just moving? Was there a we better... needed a bigger home? Okay. Uh, we had a my parents bought their first home. It was three bedrooms. Mm-hmm. They had four kids now, mm-hmm. and um, you know. <laughs> The oldest always gets his room. I was the only girl, so I needed my own room. Sure, and sure. My brother Sergio and my brother, the youngest, they always had shared room. And then, um, and before you moved into this house, so let's, so obviously the family is growing, and it's a great reason to move, right? Lots of people say, "Gosh, our family is yeah. growing," and if we can, and we have the financial means or the opportunity, we should probably look for a bigger home so that we can all fit in there and be comfortable, and that's that's wonderful. Now, when you guys, yeah, and then my dad wanted more, you know, um, he was making more money, so Good. he wanted somewhere where it was safer, sure. the schools were better, sure. Of course, they look all into that. No of gangs. <laughs> Of course. Well, of course, yeah. you know, you're trying to move into a, a safe neighborhood. Who doesn't want to live in a safe neighborhood, especially with little kids? You know, you want somewhere where you feel safe, where you feel that your kids can grow up and that you're going to be in, in a good place. Now, was there anything special about this house before you moved in? Like when your parents uh, found it, did, what, did they get the feeling like, wow, this is a great house? Or did anybody tell you that anything happened in the house? Was there anything particular about this house? Or did it just happen to be a house on the market like any other house and you happen to find it? It was actually my parents, because, you know, we talked about it until, like, later um, when we were teenagers, when we were going through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. um, that they bought that house um, from somebody that wanted to get rid of it right away. Oh, really? And when we bought the house, there was a lot of holes on the walls, because mm-hmm. my dad had a patch. I remember him saying, well, I had to patch a lot of walls in the closet. Mm-hmm. There was, like, big holes in the closet. So my dad didn't know if they were like rodents mm-hmm. or they were just, you know, made there by by the people that live there. So I remember because I um, remember before moving in, he, you know, normally get the pest control guy to come and. Sure. Do an evaluation or something. Yeah. So, and so did you I guys ever, that. did you ever meet the person? So it sounds like the, whoever was living there wanted to get out of there. Yeah. No, we did. We never met them. We never met them. The real estate agent knew them. Okay. Um, there were like some close relatives of the real estate agent. The real estate agent was a friend of the family's. Of your family or the family and, uh, living there? Um, our family. Okay. And did they tell you anything yeah. as to why the, these people wanted to leave? No, I know there were um, some issues and the, the, the father had gone into... Um, I don't know, some bad business, and he, he ended up going to jail for oh. a while. Okay. So I guess they had to sell the house for money. Um, so that's what my mom and my dad told us after they found out. So, um, But they bought the house really at a good price because, of course, they wanted to sell it right away. They just wanted to sell it. And, yeah. Okay, interesting. And then when, as soon as you moved in there, could you tell there was anything negative or an interesting vibe or anything like that, or was it pretty quiet? Well, when I was a, a little girl, um, 
you know, I think I was around eight or 10. I started, my, my dad had his grandma Mm -hmm. and he was very close to her. She had passed away and she passed away in Mexico. So he wasn't able to go see her. Um, and so his grandmother, not his mother. Yeah. His grandmother. grandmother. Okay. Uh huh. His mom's mom, his mother's mother. So Mm -hmm. yeah, my Mm -hmm. grandma. Um, So my great grandma. Um, so when she passed away, I didn't even know her. Um, I started getting nightmares at night, and there weren't pretty nightmares. There were there were nightmares where I felt someone next to me staring at me. And you know when you wake up because there's somebody there breathing on you. Yeah, that sounds pretty scary. So you wake up and they're like, you can see them, now, did, and it's like. And did you I actually see lady. somebody? So you saw a lady. Okay. Yeah. I saw this older lady, a heavy side, white, um, white complected, rosy cheeks, and and she was talking to me. I don't remember what she was telling me, but she was talking to me, and I I thought I was dreaming, so I I didn't feel safe. I felt I was scared, so I got up and I ran to my parents' room, and my room was all the way at the end of the hallway. My parents was at the entrance of the house and my and then you come in the hallway and there was a living room, the kitchen, and my room was all the way to the end of the kitchen. And then the other two rooms were on that side as well. And you said she was so talking to I you? Ran, yes. What do you remember she what she was saying? No, I don't remember. I just didn't feel safe. I felt scared. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know her, so I will run to my mom's room, and then I'll go and sleep with them in the middle of the bed. Now, and did and you... then it wasn't until like a whole week later, my dad finally told me, uh-huh. "You need to stop coming in the room. You need to sleep in your room." Mm-hmm. And I go, "Yeah, but the lady doesn't leave me alone. She keeps coming to my room." Mm-hmm. And and he said, "What lady?" I go, "A lady. She's old, and she calls me." And um, she says, Nieta. And then she goes, oh, okay. He goes, Nieta. And he goes, so him and my mom were talking. And he said, could I show you a picture? And I go, yeah. I was, you know, a little young. And he showed me this picture mm-hmm. of him with his grandma when she was young. Mm-hmm. And I have never met her or seen a picture of her because my dad had these old pictures from, you know, when he was young, he only had a couple because he came really young at an, a young age here to the United States, mm-hmm. and he grew up without a father. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when he showed me the picture, I said, "Yeah, that's the lady. That's the lady that comes and sees me at night." And wow! <laughs> and so, my, so my and you've never seen her. You said I look like her. Huh? Now, now you said you'd never seen her. You never knew what no. she looked like, but when she showed up, no. you do remember her saying nieta, which for our English speakers, uh, that means granddaughter, right? So granddaughter. you remember her saying granddaughter in Spanish to you. When you said this yeah. to your parents and when you showed them the picture, or when they, excuse me, they showed you the picture and you said, yeah, I know her, that is her. What yeah. in the world was their reaction? We're going to hear more about that. We're coming up on the break, but now I want to hear what your parents' reaction was to this because all of a sudden they see this picture and it turns out that this is the lady who's appearing to you at night, right? In the middle of the night, That's, and it, but in a scary way. More about this when we come back. Thank you, Janet, for letting us know. And I want to hear what your parents' reaction was.
All right, welcome back, listeners, here to the Luis, Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. I'm Dr. Luis Sandoval, your host. And today we are talking to our special guest, Janet, who is telling us about some spiritual experiences she had growing up in her home. Um, you know, moved into this house with her family, looking for a better place to live, a better neighborhood. And all of a sudden, these different things start to happen. You know, the house needed to sell fast. We're not exactly sure why the prior tenants there wanted to get out so fast. But we start to notice that there are some interesting happenings in the house. And Janet, uh, when we finished before the break, you were telling us that you had uh, visits from someone who apparently was your great-grandmother and who would talk to you in the middle of the night. And it was a very scary setting for you, scary enough that you would run down the hall to your parents' bedroom and sleep with your parents. Your parents show you this picture uh, where your dad says, hey, let me show you this picture of my grandma. And you said, yeah, that's, that's her. And what happened when you, when, when you let them know that that was her? Well, my mom's reaction was like she was startled. Um, my dad was just like, are you sure that's her? I said, yeah, that's her. But I go, she's heavier mm-hmm. and older. Mm-hmm. And she wears her hair in a bun. I remember that. And her hair was like half black with uh, gray hair. Mm-hmm. And um, and I told them she was she had rosy cheeks. And my dad was like, he was just like, you know, oh okay. Well, if you see her again, tell her to leave you alone and that you're okay and uh, pray to God. Okay. And my mom says. Pray every time you see somebody. Just if you see her, just start praying, and come to our room. And I go, okay. So um, my parents consulted with our priest back then. Was um, they used to go to La um, to Guadalupe mm-hmm. on Grant. Mm-hmm. So they consulted with the priest that married him because he was still there, and um, they brought me over there, and. He said, well, you know, she's old enough now to start her communion, so maybe you guys should start putting her in in catechism classes. So after that, um, I started going to catechism classes, but I still kept seeing her, so I would still go to the room every night. And my mom finally found um, someone that they knew um, that used to come and, you know, believe the cultures of us, a una curandera. Okay. Um, and a healer. So hang on and one second. So, so let's back up a little bit just, just so that I can get the chronology. Um, so uh-huh. from the time you told your parents this to the time they talked to the parish priest and they were going to get you ready for First Communion, um, how much time was that? How much time was going by here? Months? You know, weeks? A couple months. And, yeah. and you were seeing her every day for a couple months? Yes. Okay. And every day and every time you saw her, it was scary. It didn't feel scary anymore. At first it did, but mm-hmm. now that I knew who she was, mm-hmm. I kind of go, okay, but she wouldn't say anything anymore. She wouldn't even call she you granddaughter just, or anything? She would just sit there and stare at me, which and, was kind of like creepy. Well, I was going to say, and, did, did, and if so, <laughs> you're waking up and somebody's sitting there just staring at you, that's pretty creepy. Did you, yeah. keep, did you keep going to your parents' uh, room or no, did you just I stay in just, yours? I would just put my sheet over me and fall asleep praying. And you never felt her touch you, or you never felt any no. kind of physical. It was Nothing just she was like there. That. Now, and was she standing yeah. in the room? Was she sitting on the like? What was she doing? She was just sitting there, just there was, sitting down. Was there and, a chair? And, or? No, she was just sitting there talking to me. But she was barefoot. Okay. So, 
Yeah, I noticed that. Um, and I remember just like I would see her and I would just like cover myself with the sheets and start praying. And you said she was Mary. sitting there talking to you? No, she would just be sitting there t just staring at me okay. in the corner. And, and like on the and, floor or something? Yeah, on the floor. Okay. And like so, Indian style. And so some, some months go by here and your parents decide to get a curandera, which is essentially in, 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 uh -huh. in our culture, it's a witch doctor, Yeah, right? because so, they thought they thought I was like scared, um, mm -hmm. asustada. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, they brought this lady and she just prayed, you know, she prayed with me. Um, and she had a candle and she went, you know, prayed with me with my parents in the room. Mm -hmm. And, um, after that, I remember having a really fee a high fever and they had to take me to the emergency room cause my fever was really high after she prayed for with two you. days. Yes. Okay. And I went to the emergency room for two, for like one day. Cause I had fever for two days nonstop. Mm -hmm. It was really high. It was like 103. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom was telling me this, and she was telling me that after that, I was fine. So she prayed. I was okay. I never saw her again. Okay. And it wasn't until I was a teenager, mm -hmm. um, my godfather passed away. He committed suicide. Oh, I'm sorry to hear On that. a Holy Friday. Oh, I'm sorry And he was that. very Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I was very close to him. I um, I looked up to him a lot. He was like my second dad. This is your grandfather. Um, he spoiled me. Him and my godmother always spoiled me. But, um, it, and I didn't grow up with grandparents. Okay. Um, my dad has his, had his mom and his grand and his dad, his mom and dad, but they were they were divorced. So, so I just want to clarify: this was your grandfather or your godfather? Godfather. Your godfather. He okay. Baptized me. Okay. Yeah, he baptized me. And so unfortunately, he was, a, he was so he was your godfather from baptism. Unfortunately, commits suicide on a Good Friday and you're how old at this point? I am 15. You're 15 years old. So we're looking at about Going 10, on 10 years later. And then what happened? Yes. So he passed away in April. Um I was going to turn 16 in May of that year. Mhm. Mm um, so when he passed away, um, I had just seen him the week before because we were always, you know, having dinner at their house or they would come over to our house. Mm -hmm. They had two older kids. Um, and so he was, um, he loved to dance. He was a happy person, very faithful. So we didn't understand why he did that. Sure. But God only knows why. And um, I started seeing him. I started seeing him, and when I would see him, it was like I would wake up because I was waking up by a bright, bright light in my room. So you started seeing and, him again at night? Uh-huh, at night. And it was a bright and light in your room? It was a bright light in my room, and I would wake up, and he'll be there, like, staring at me, just his face staring at me. And he and he will say, Miha, I'm here to take care of you. I go, and I wasn't scared. I was not. But that scared. one wasn't scary. I was. It wasn't scary. And I go, okay. I go, are you okay? He goes, yes, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Take care of your godmother. Um, I love you very much, and I will always take care of you. And how many times did that I happen? Go, um, it started happening not every night, but he would just come. And I noticed he would come when um, I was upset or worried. Mm-hmm. 
because in my in that house like a lot of things happen and sorry for i'm already getting emotional that's okay but i was um molested oh i'm sorry to hear that by one of my mom's cousins i'm sorry very young yeah and that person was staying at our house because my parents were helping him mm-hmm. you know he was from mexico and they were helping him mm-hmm. so he's staying with us and um he's he started doing that and um i was scared i was young i didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. you know and i was scared to tell anybody because he he told me not to tell anybody of course and um otherwise they were gonna um something bad would happen to, to you or something sure of course that's, yeah that's there, he would tell me that they will send me to jail if i told anybody and did you feel like your godfather was protecting you from this at this yes. point or i think so yes okay and that and, one wasn't um, scary the, though no it wasn't that's scary good. it felt good having him there to take care of me and did, and did this person time, stop molesting you or um he tried again when I was uh, after 15, mm-hmm. but um, I was already older. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like when my godfather t- died, he came to stay again with us. Mm-hmm. And I, and he would be very, you know, like trying to touch me on my shoulder, try to hug me. Sure, like inappropriate affection, sure. You know? Yes. And I just like, I stayed away from him as much as I could. And I couldn't remember, though. It was, like, blocked from my mind. And so one night, he tried, he was knocking on my door, trying to open my door. Mm-hmm. And I was scared. And I had a chair in my room, so I put it against my door. Mm-hmm. And I had a lock. My mm-hmm. parents always had me with a lock because I'm a girl, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had a lock. I locked the door, and I put the chair. And I started praying. I started praying. And my godfather will come and say, you'll be okay. I'm here. I'm here taking care of you. I'm mm-hmm. here. And I'll be okay. And he goes, just pray, just pray. And I prayed falling asleep. And then a um, couple of weeks went by and I happened to be alone at the house with him. Mm-hmm. And he tried to molest me again. And what happened there? And this time I was lucky because I... I pushed him. I ran outside the house and my his brother was coming and and I ran and I hugged my uncle and I I told him I said he goes what's wrong? And I go nothing, nothing. And he goes no, what's wrong? I go and I go I go your my um your my cousin tried to touch me. Mm-hmm. And and he's like He's all, what? And he went inside and they argued, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was outside and then he left and then my mom came back and I didn't tell her anything. Um, My uncle didn't say anything. He goes, he won't touch you anymore, you know. And so that, so that we saw some positive, something positive come out of that. Do you feel that you're in, in, in the way you were feeling, do you feel like your godfather had something to do with that, with that whole scenario? Yes. I think so. How so? How I so? Think like, he did was you feel his too. presence there or anything? I did. Mm-hmm. I will always feel his presence. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was when he passed away, I will always feel his presence, and I will always talk to him. Now, did you ever you know, feel? It was like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I will always talk to him. Like he was always, his spirit was always there, and I felt mm-hmm. it. 
Mm-hmm. So I will say hi, you know, like, you know, good morning, maybe with some type of therapy that, you know, God sent me sure. um, to help me. Sure. Um, so I will always talk to him. Good morning, Nino. I love you. Now, so did, he, did, he ever ask you, did he ever ask you for prayers or anything like that? Um, nope. No. Okay. But I always prayed for him either way. And then, uh, as, when he, when he passed away, that was the first time I learned how to pray the rosary. Oh, I see. Because we okay. had an novenario for him. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I learned how to pray the novenario because I didn't miss his novenario for nine days. And after that, I started praying the rosary. So something very positive home. there with your godfather uh, coming to you, and, and, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. And then something, was it ever, did you ever feel at peace when your grandmother was appearing to you? Uh, at first, yeah, but I was so scared with her. That was always a scary scenario. Well, Janet, it we're coming up on the break. Scary. I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off. We're coming up on the break. I want to talk about a couple more things when we get back. And then uh, as, as we finish the show, we're going to wrap up on what does all this mean for us as Catholics, you know, when it comes time to seeing spirits or having people uh, that we know maybe appearing to us? Is this what we normally think of? Is this, you know, what's going on? More about that when we come back from the break. All right, welcome back to the clinic here at the Dr. Louise Sandoval Show. You're listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We have a very, very special guest, Janet, um, who is sharing her story about experiences she has had um, growing up and in terms of interacting with the spiritual world, shall we say. Uh, Janet, are you still there with us? Uh, yes, I am. Janet, I wanted to thank you so much because you shared uh, so much already. You shared some very intimate details of your life um, that I think is going to really benefit a lot of our listeners, you know, in terms of not just seeing spirits, but things that have happened to you personally, which are, are very challenging. Um, and sometimes we wonder, you know, is God there with us? Is, is anybody helping us? And for you, you felt that the presence of your godfather um, was really something that was supportive for you and actually probably got you out of a uh, that, that sense, that, that feeling got you out of a very tricky situation. Um, did you ever share with anybody else that you were seeing your godfather or that you felt he was coming and appearing to you? Yes, I did with my mom. Um, I shared with it. My, my aunt, um, I have a very, very close aunt mm-hmm. that I talk everything about. And mm-hmm. I had actually opened to her about my molestation. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finally convinced me to tell my mom. And what did your mom say? And I told a school teacher, mm-hmm. a counselor at school. I was already in junior high. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had like flashbacks of all that stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. And from that, and it helped me because they got me counseling. Um, I also went to church and uh, my priest um, was giving me, he he advised me to start Bible studies. Mm-hmm. So I started Bible studies, and that helped me a lot spiritually. I got very close to God when I was about 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't see my, my godfather anymore after okay. that. Okay. But I will always um, I will always pray for him and still talk to him like he was there. I mm-hmm. always felt his presence mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. reason. I always felt his presence. And, and whenever, you know, as a teenager, you go through all these things. Um, you know, I always will talk to him and ask him for advice. And 
and spiritually, like I felt like he was telling me, just pray, just pray. No, and, and Jenna, I pray. No, that's good. I mean, I think that I think that was a very positive experience um, in terms of feeling like you have some kind of a connection to, um, you know, our our. Um, our loved ones who have passed away, um, and and this can happen. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. What I was also going to ask you, but I remember when we were talking about your brother, and I asked you if there were any kind of a um, occult things that would have happened that would have made your brother think about uh, demonic influence or things like that. And you said something about kids seeing a man in a neighborhood, and all the kids would see yeah. him. Do you remember that? Was that in the same yes, house so that you were in, or is that a different house? It was the same house we were in. Uh, so that house in that room that I that I used to see those visions, mm-hmm. it had some type of a, a really strong energy mm-hmm. that we got from this priest. Um, after <laughs> I would tell you, um, so that room where I, I used to see everything, um, mm-hmm. where everything bad started happening to me in that room. Um, my brothers ended up staying in that room after me. But before that, I would see an old man. We had a lemon tree in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And um, that tree was next to my window. Mm-hmm. And I had these really clear sheared um, curtains. Mm-hmm. And I would see an old man always and calling me. He's like, come here. Come here. And um, he would try to convince me to go with him. So, and so um, Janet, Hang on like, one second, Janet. How old were you at this point? I was about 16 years old. So this is after your godfather? Yes. So, and were you still seeing your godfather at the same time, or is this, you're no longer seeing no. your godfather? So no longer seeing your I godfather. I wasn't seeing. But there I'm was, sorry? A, so no longer seeing your godfather, strange energy no. in this room. You're looking out the window through these sheer curtains, and there's a lemon tree there. But then all of a sudden, uh-huh. this, this man, this old man is there, and he's asking you to come out to the lemon tree? Yeah, to okay. go outside. And what was your interpretation was wearing, of that? Yeah, you know the old suits that old men used to wear back in the 1930s, the 1800s? Like a black, they always wore black with a white shirt sure. and that weird bow tie that they wear. Sure, sure Not sure. a bow tie, but it was like a crossover like tie. Okay. And he wore a hat, a black hat. Okay. I so he was, oh, and he was old. He looked like he was about seventy or eighty years old, really thin, skinny. But he was like, he, he didn't, he didn't look happy. And you'd never seen and him before. Was, no, he never wasn't a seen family member or anything. No, nothing like that. And I used to see him, and I'd be like scared. And, and again, this, I would put my covers on me and start praying until he went away. Was this in the but, daytime, at nighttime, or a particular any time? It was at nighttime. No, it only happened at nighttime. So how could you see him? I mean, it, assuming it was dark outside, how could you how could you see him, or what was going on with that? I always slept with the nightlight after all that happened. Mm-hmm. I always slept with the little nightlight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, my mom got me this little Virgin Mary from from TJ once, mm-hmm. and it had a little light. Sure. So I would always have it on. Sure. When I went to sleep. And what was your interpretation and, of what he wanted, or why was he asking you to come out to the lemon tree? I never asked. I was just scared. Mm-hmm. So I would cover myself. And it wasn't until like a couple years later when I was like almost 18, um, I stopped seeing him mm-hmm. um, because when I was almost, I think 16, I moved to a different room. <laughs> okay. So I went to, I went to my brother's room. That was my, the ones I shared rooms, my brother, 
Sergio and my youngest brother. Okay. So I went to their room and they wanted my room. So, because my room was a little bit bigger. Okay. And, you know, they were grow- they were older too. So they wanted a bigger room. So I went to their room and they went to my room. And when they went to my room, they would always be laughing. They were, they were already teenagers too. John mm-hmm. Sergio was an adult. Mm-hmm. They always be talking and stuff. And I'll be like, what are you guys talking about? They're like, oh, we're talking to our ghost. Oh. And a ghost? And he's like, yeah. He goes, watch, come here. And then I go, okay. Hmm. So I'll be in the room and they'll say, they'll say, hey, close the door. And the door will close. By itself. And I'll say, open the door. And the door will open. And this is all happening and just I by itself. At, yeah. Okay. By themselves. But and the door, but the, the door would open and close by itself. Nobody was touching the door. No, nobody was touching the door. And what was their interpretation? Are they older than you or younger than you? Yeah, they were. Well, my oldest brother Sergio, and then the youngest was younger than me. Okay, and then and what was, their, was they weren't scared at they, that time? They weren't scared about this. No, or? they thought it was like a good joke. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it was funny. Mm-hmm. And then and I go and I just looked at them. I go, that's weird. Is that like gravity? What are you guys doing? Because I thought. They're playing a prank on me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. Mm-hmm. And they're like, watch, turn on the TV. And the TV will turn on. And, you know, back then we didn't have remote controls on TVs yet. Right, you had to get up and go. So you had on. to go and push the button, you know, and then mm-hmm. turn it. They had like mm-hmm. a little knob to turn. Mm-hmm. And it will turn It will turn on the TV. Wow. And what, what were and, you, What I don't even know what to say to this. So what did you interpret with this or what did you tell them when this is happening? I just stayed quiet and I was like, uh, this is too weird. I didn't feel right. And I told them, I said, you guys shouldn't be doing that. And, and they were like, oh, no, he's a friendly ghost. So that went on. So they were aware, though. So, so they were aware that there was an entity there. They admitted there was yeah. a ghost and they said it was a friendly and my ghost. Brother, okay. My brother, Art, will always say he will always see a red light at night. He would see a room. red light. Okay. Now, yeah, a red now, light. Just to go backtrack a little bit, I know that you're at the beginning of our show. You mentioned that your dad mentioned that he was patching up a lot of holes in the house. Uh-huh. Did, did this ever have anything to do with? Did that anything come up with these holes? Was it turned out that there were anything in the walls? Did people put talismans in there or fortunas? Fortunas no, are objects attached. Well, we we to think that the people who owned that house they mm-hmm. were into drugs or selling drugs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or or cleaning money that they will hide the money. Mm-hmm. And when they moved all of a sudden, they were probably looking for the money or mm. something. Something along those well, you know, and, that's, and that's, we know nowadays that's what that we were thinking. sure, and we know nowadays that in terms of you know drug dealing and drug trafficking, they're always attaching spells and things to the money, to the drugs, or trying to curse these things. Um, and so it's very interesting that way. Now, Janet, whatever happened with this ghost then, or, or the, was it the same? Now, here's a question for you: the, this uh, entity that your brothers felt was in the house was you know opening and closing the doors or, or turning on the tv it was just in that room do you feel that it had anything to do with this man that you had sim- seen by the lemon trees or totally different? no because i kind of like i blocked it and i forgot about it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know i had um as a teenager you're growing up so you're into all these other stuff so it sure. wasn't until one summer we were we were doing movie night with our neighbor we used to get together with all the neighborhood kids because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're all in the same age sure and we used to put um, a screen. Uh, my dad had bought us this, you know, screen. 
to watch movies outside. Okay, sure. As a pre- special projector. Mm-hmm. So we had a movie night, and we had like a little bonfire going on, and we were in the front yard, and we're all watching it. And we're like, when we finished our movie, like it was a scary movie, mm-hmm. we're talking about, oh, ghost stories. Mm-hmm. So everybody in that neighborhood, the kids, we all live like two houses away, one, you know, next door neighbors. It was about four four of our neighbors mm-hmm. that we hanged out with. We were talking about, and I go, oh, I have one. I go, when I was young, I used to see this creepy old man, you know, mm-hmm. calling me from the lemon tree. And then one of the neighbors looked at me and he was like, a creepy old man. He goes, yes. And then Sergio goes, what was he wearing? And he goes, I go, black, like a suit mm-hmm. and a hat. Mm-hmm. And they all looked at me like, oh, my God, that's the same man we used to see. So everybody's seeing the same man. Yes. And it was like three. It was like four of us that saw the man. And these are different kids in the same neighborhood. Yes. And they would see them uh-huh. at, at their own house. Yes, at their own house. And well, here's a question for you, though. When you saw them or, or when, when these kids said that they saw them or when you saw them, was your experience, was, and you said by the lemon tree, was this lemon tree in your yeah. backyard or your front yard? Like, or this could have been a My real... My backyard. So this is in your backyard. And did all the kids yeah. mention that it was their backyard as well or, or you don't know? No, they all, they all had something different to say about the way they saw him. Mm-hmm. One of the kids said that he saw him in his room. In his room. And the other wow. one said when every time he will take a shower in the daytime, he will see him wow. in the shower. Well, we are coming up on the break. So we're going to talk more about this when we come back. And we're going to wrap up. What does this mean for us as Catholics if we are experiencing that we are seeing spirits or ghosts or family members that we know? And what do we do about it? More from more when we come back from the break. All right. Well, welcome back to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're having a very interesting talk about spirit and what that means in terms of our Catholic faith and our families. We're joined by our special guest, Janet. Uh, Janet, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I want to say, uh, make sure to get in before uh, the show is over. Um, if you ever feel like you want to talk more about your personal experiences and thank you for sharing with us about, you know, any kind of um, being assaulted or anything like that, I'll be more than happy to talk to you about that later on. Um, if that's something you're interested in, if it's something that you felt that you've already processed and you're coping well with it, that's fine no, as I'm well. With it. Sure, uh, sure, it actually sure. It made me stronger and I think uh, um, there's a lot of, you know, kids out there or young adults that go through that and they don't talk about it. They just keep it inside. Absolutely. Um, I I learned, you know, when I was a little bit older to just talk about it and always, you know, learn from it. And, you know, I know it's not, it wasn't my fault, of mm-hmm. course. And, but I always felt like it was my fault at first. Sure. sure. And I was ashamed of it. And I learned not to be ashamed of it. I learned to be strong and that it wasn't my fault. And that's perfect. And I learned to forgive as well because... That's a big deal. Um, it was a big deal for me because I always hated that person. Absolutely. Um, I still see him once in a while at family gatherings. Sure. And I learned to forgive. Like my mm-hmm. priest told me, you need mm-hmm. to forgive in order to heal. That's so wonderful. I did that. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's always what I tell my patients. I always tell them, if you've learned how to cope with it and, and whatnot, we don't have to bring it up again. It's not something that needs to be discussed. But if it's something that is burdening somebody, it's really great that you were able to learn how to, to forgive that person or to, or to find it in your heart to do that. Not easy to do, but definitely brings you a sense of peace. I'm glad that you spoke to your uh, parish uh, priest about that as well, which reminds me to the next topic. So all these different things that are happening in your home, all these different um, um, spiritual occurrences that are, that are happening, did it ever get better? Did you ever have a priest come bless the house or anything like that? Did it, was there ever an improvement? Um, we did. Um, we actually got a close priest to... Um, um, from Immaculate Heart of Mary mm-hmm. to come and bless our house, mm-hmm. and um, he he was a um, he became a very close friend to us actually, mm-hmm. um, and he was um, very thoughtful. He came. He he actually united our family to pray as a family, mm-hmm. um, to learn to pray, pray the Rosary, to go to church, um, but most important all to um always be united mm-hmm. to learn how to be a family uh a large family hispanic you know um he told us always be close to each other be there for each other no matter what the circumstances are um learn to forgive each other and um the negativity will go away and it did it it did you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, you know, to our listeners, I want to let them know a lot of times when we start to see, um, you know, potentially negative experiences. Now, in your experience, you had a variety of experiences. You had your, your great grandmother and that was a little bit dark and scary. Uh, you had your godfather, which is a positive experience. And then there was this creepy old man that all the kids in the neighborhood saw that we don't really know what happened to that guy. He just kind of went away. But it's a, an interesting um, experience. There. It actually he was moving. We found out that from our neighbor because she had bought the houses when she they were first built there. Oh, uh huh. And we talked to her, and she was our nana. She used to take care of us, so mm-hmm. um, we were very close to her. She was Italian. She was ca- very Catholic, and mm-hmm. she and we we started. To, I started telling her and Sergio, my brothers, about him, about the old man. He said, "Well, you know what? This." This used to be an orange um, acres. There were just oranges, orange groves, acres sure. and acres. It was farm. Mm-hmm. It was farmland. Mm-hmm. So who knows if somebody died here? Could have been. Sure. And their spirit is wandering around, or something. Probably someone got killed here, and sure, their spirit. So she used to tell us just don't listen to him and just pray and right. So, um, go by your business. Absolutely. So, but, what I was so gonna... we kind of ignored it and we were just, you know, being teenagers, hanging out and stuff. But it wasn't until like, um, I think I was like 18 years old. We had new neighbors that moved in across the street. Okay. And it was two younger kids, you know, one young, one kid that was our age and a girl that was uh, two years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was probably like 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was that young girl, um, we saw the paramedics coming. We're like, well, what happened? Paramedics came, the police came. Um, she went, um, she had an episode where she had, she was she was she lived with her mom and they lived with her aunt and her two kids and the husband. So 
Um, her and her mom were, her mom was a single mom mm-hmm. and she always worked. Mm-hmm. So the aunt would always take care of her, her, of her niece. Mm-hmm. And she would play with, she would play with me, you know, we would hang out and stuff. She was really quiet. Um, you know, she didn't know that much English too. So she only spoke Spanish. Um, it wasn't until that day that, um, this big old, n- nothing ever happened in that neighborhood, you know? Okay. So we were all wondering what would happen. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the, that later on that night, um, the, the, bo- the teenager that used to live there that we used to hang out with mm-hmm. told us like my cousin, um, went crazy. She just was in her room and she started yelling and screaming. And do we know um, why? And she's, um, we don't know. We never found out why, but mm-hmm. she had scratches all over her body. Oh, really? Like if she self, she self scratched herself, you know, self mutilated, like hurt herself. Yeah. And she said that the bear attacked her. The bear attacked me. And she had a big teddy bear, you know, mm-hmm. big, huge teddy bears. Mm-hmm. She had a huge teddy bear. And um, they, um, they even said they had to take that because it was full of her blood. The bear was the teddy bear. Yes. And so it sounds like a lot of strange things in this neighborhood. Yes. So after that happened, her mom was scared and Mm -hmm. um, they had to put her in a, um, in a mental hospital evaluation. Yeah. Because they thought she was hurting herself. Sure. And then she came out, she came back and she was even more like depressed than Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. And then a couple, you know, like a year later they moved. Her mom and her moved, and we always said, "What happened to her?" And we're like, "We don't know." She just, she just screamed and said somebody was attacking her, mm-hmm. and then so they were scared there too. So sure, um, they didn't know what had happened. They just thought that she probably. We never talked to her or anything. We never found out if maybe sure. somebody did attack her, or virtually or something. Yeah, really what happened. Well, Janet, you know, these are interesting stories, uh, you know, that that people experience. And we wonder, you know, what how much interaction do we have with the other world, shall we say, the other side with the spiritual world? And we know that, in in essence, there's a thin veil, really, that separates us from, you know, from when we pass away, what happens uh, in terms of our soul, our spirits. And there's different experiences that people have. Here in the last few minutes of our show, I want to close by reminding our listeners listeners um, in terms of what does the Catholic Church teach about this? You know, because these experiences happen. I'm not going to deny that they happen. I believe all your stories, Jenna. I believe you really experienced all that. Um, and coming from Latin America, we are very prone to trying to contact the spiritual world, be it through curanderos or, you know, any other witch doctors or things of that nature, where we do start to um, bring in either prayers or incantations or a mix of both. And so we do walk that fine line sometimes. But to our listeners, I want to remind them, if you are experiencing this, the first thing is prayer for sure. So I think that that priest was smart in telling you, you know, pray for the souls because these could be souls in purgatory that are asking for our prayers. It could be souls that are not at peace or at rest and they need some resolution. And I think always praying rosaries, offering masses, you know, is always very important. If we do feel like there is something going on in our homes, it's wonderful to get a priest to come and bless our homes, um, bless especially rooms if we feel that there is a place where there is an infestation. Infestation is where we say that spirits are uh, acting on a place or on objects. So definitely prayers and blessings for those situations. And then one thing that you mentioned, Janet, that was so important that the priest said, 
we forget and we think that we're just going to stop and we're going to pray and we're going to have masses and all these things are important and they are. And I tell all of our listeners, go ahead and do that. Um, make sure that you have those prayers going, but living together as a family, being united, kindness to one another, reaching out to one another, supporting one another. If we know that one of our family members, you know, has a funny quirk or something, instead of making fun of them, supporting them and letting them know that regardless, we are there for them and really being united as a family. We cannot underestimate the power of being kind to each other and living a Christian life as a united family. How much power that has to drive away any negative entities anything that might want to rip us apart. We got to remember in Fatima, uh, the apparitions of Fatima, we know that Sister Lucia said that at the end times, the family was going to be the target. Breaking up families was going to be the target of the devil. And so coming together as a family and united as a family can be just that action can be very powerful in driving away evil entities. Did you notice that in your own life, Janet? Yes, I did. What did you see? Prayer. Just a lot of negativity became positive mm-hmm. with prayer and being close to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when we learned from Father Tacho mm-hmm. was always be close to each other and help each other out. And once we started doing that, we noticed our our whole lives were changing, but not like, you know, in riches and stuff like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, money or good jobs. It was actually helping us grow as a family mm-hmm. and learning it, learning things from each other we didn't know before, mm-hmm. you know, and just being there for each other when things happen, it just makes you stronger as a family and you could overcome anything, no matter how big it is. And you think you're never going to be able to get out of a hole, you know, and, um, you actually have someone grabbing your hand and pulling you from that hole. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that person, you know, no, some people don't have a family. Mm-hmm. They have each other or they have a close friend. Mm-hmm. But even close friends are your family, you mm-hmm. know. Um, as, as long as you talk, don't be afraid of talking about your problems to Mm -hmm. anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, my thing was I opened up to my aunt and my aunt helped me talk to my mom. And then my mom right away took me to school to talk to my counselor. And we went to my, to our priest, our family priest, our Catholic priest Mm -hmm. from, from our parish. So and he helped us. It, a lot of a lot of people are just afraid of asking for help, but there's so sure. much help out there. Well, Janet, just reaching out. Janet, thank you so much. We're coming to a close. That music's telling us that our show is closing. What I want to leave our listeners with is one: thank you so much, Janet. You shared so much information with us that I think is going to be helpful to all of our listeners. To our listeners, say your prayers, say your deliverance prayers, get yourself the deliverance prayers used by the laity by Father Rippinger. Great prayers in here, and let's be united as a family. Until next time, we'll see you back here at the clinic at the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show.